It was around four years ago, my dear friend Wendy and I began meeting weekly for coffee. It was natural and even expected for our conversations to revolve around her only child, Ben, and the cancer that had just ended his life at only eight years old. Our time together, working through the grief, turned out to be so much more for both of us. Sundays with Wendy is an open invitation into our coffee talks, our views and stories of both life and death, where nothing is off limits, authentic feelings and thoughts flow freely and without judgment. Simply put, we've been through some shit, and yet we both live a life of peace. This is Elise. Welcome to Sundays with Wendy. Okay, so I have to tell you what happened to me yesterday. It was a bit of a crazy experience. Um, so I've, I've been dealing with a little bit of a health situation that may or may not be something that at the moment will not put a name to. Um, anyway, and I went to a urologist yesterday, suffice it to say. And I walked in. Oh, first of all, no one's available. There are machines are down, you know, we can't make an appointment forever and ever. And so we kind of start to name drop and we have some friends who told me I really should go and get a CT scan and just double check nothing's going on. Okay, so the only available appointment is in Hampton. Okay, so, you know, 40 minutes away. So it's pouring rain, of course, the whole nine yards. So we go out there. And I could be nervous, but I'm not really, I guess, just not really a fan of going to doctors in general, as you know. So I go in with David. He, he comes with me. And um, the minute we walk in, the receptionist goes, you know, hi, what's your name? Can I help you? And I said, my name, Elise. And she says, oh, girl, she's like, you're going to live a long life. She says to me, yeah. And I said, really? You know, we're all masked and mm -hmm. I can't really see her. She can't really see me. And she's like, oh, yes, honey. She's like, we were just talking about you one minute ago. And I was like, okay, well, what's going on? And she said that the doctor was called out for surgery. And so he was going to be like probably an hour and I could wait or we could drive all the way to Virginia Beach and just see if they have an appointment. Um, so we explained that we just drove from Virginia Beach. Thank you. And um, anyway, and so she is like, okay, so I would stay here, you know, and just wait. So we do. So she's adorable. My point is I'm totally relaxed. Everything's fine. We wait the hour whatever, in the waiting room, and eventually we go in the back. So the nurse was fine that worked with me in the beginning, asked all the questions that needed to be asked, and then eventually comes in the doctor. And he doesn't barely say hello or introduce himself. He and two other staff come in with him. One I didn't even know was in the room. David told me he was like behind the curtain. No one introduces anybody. And he proceeds to like look at my file for one moment I guess and then says have you had a colonoscopy and I was like no you know how old are you I'm like 40 I don't know how old am I 48 and he I don't know my I don't even know what I am 48 I just turned 48 and he's like okay well <laughs> you might want to do that and he's like you know 
my wife had colon cancer at 43 and you might want to consider doing that. I mean, people don't wait and that could be the cause of some of your, you know, annoyance and irritation and whatever. And I'm like, what? Okay. I said, well, how about what you do? Can we talk about what you do here in the urology department? <laughs> so, I'm like, is there anything you want to talk about with kidneys or bladder or something like that? And he, I mean, it was like, you couldn't even believe it. And he was so off putting. And he was like, well, I mean, we can, but I said, well, so here's the thing. I said, so two of your, um, peers in the business who used to work here, um, both recommended, you know, more of like a CT scan and just to double check that nothing's going on since it was showing up clear otherwise. Cause I am in touch with my body and something's off basically. So I'm thinking of you that I need to be an advocate <laughs> for myself. And he proceeds to say that yes, um, he can order that. We can do a CT scan. Um, and that, that would really be the best thing that we could do aside from an autopsy. That's what oh, he says. Oh, my God. To my, yeah. I mean, I could have been a nervous wreck and really upset about everything, which I can easily be. So I had basically talked myself off the ledge for the past month of dealing with what could this be? What could this be? And that's what he says to me. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? <laughs> wow. I mean, that has to like steep in for a minute. You know, this is what I think sometimes. Sometimes when people are really, really good at what they do, I mean, really good, um, you know, they've seen so much Mm -hmm. that it's like, you know, they know, they know the, they know the trail. They know what, where, where this is leading. And sometimes the, the bedside manner just doesn't come out. Yes, that would be one And some of the best physicians, Mm -hmm. I think, are that way. But still, I mean, he may not have... I don't. He asked me no questions. Just saying, no questions. He didn't say, "How you know? How is it going to the bathroom?" We had no conversation. There was nothing, and so I just found it to be very. Remember, I come in. I'm all relaxed. This wonderful receptionist is adorable, and I'm going to have a long life. And now we're talking about an autopsy as maybe being the second alternative. Ha ha ha! Obviously, bedside manner not existing. But beside that, there wasn't really. It was almost, I felt like almost the opposite of that. Like it was almost like I'm so mad that I have to work on, you know, New Year's Eve day (laughs) and I don't even have time for you. You clearly don't have major symptoms of any kind. So who sent you here and why? And it felt more like that. And I started thinking about, you know, I, it took everything in me to basically come, never mind, to the doctor number one, number two, to a specific type of doctor, like not just general practice. And also I just drove across the bridge. So I got nothing. He gave, after all that we waited for so long and to end up, I mean, okay, so the seat, the CAT scans are ordered. It's all good. We'll work on it. Fill you in later. Got no information. But I have, I didn't even have a conversation. Like there wasn't anything to talk about. It was bizarre. I found it to be very bizarre. And the whole way home, I kind of looked at, David and I said that was weird right like you were you witnessed this. and I text you at that time right yeah I think I was in the airport yeah. and I said no, I'm totally you right mm-hmm. oh my god it was so strange and then you know we walk out we're saying goodbye and again the reception people were thankfully adorable and so sweet and so kind and happy new year and you know aren't we awesome here and hope you had a good experience you know kind of I'm thinking y'all were great but I don't know. I found it to be very strange. I, I was like, and then I started thinking about all the 9 million doctors that you ended up seeing. And I've, of course, had nothing like that, but a share. But 
it is so interesting. And, and, you know, you can't be like that in a lot of professions. Like, we're at the mercy. When you're talking about the health profession, like, there's a certain level of, like, we don't have any idea what Mm -hmm. we think you know. Right. It's right. so we have to be so dependent and we're just yeah, on, and dependent is the right word on, on what they know. And, you know, you and I are researchers. Yes. You know, and I, I totally did all my back end stuff, but still had to listen to them. Um, I, you know, I don't know. That was such a different and fast time, right. you know, with, with so many different doctors and so many different things. But I think what I learned from all of that is yes, you have to listen to the information and you have to listen to what they say and you're going to do and you're going to, you know, do everything else around that. But at some point you have to trust yourself. Right. About what, you know, if this, if, if you can tell the doctor, he really thinks this is nothing. And, you know, maybe the delivery was off, obviously put it mildly, but, um, you know, I think you have to sit with yourself, like on that ride home, you sit with yourself, like what, yeah, what was that all about? And what am I doing next? Right. So at the end of the day, I got what I needed, which was that CT scan, yeah. which, you know, the wait for the facts. That was a that's bi- right. yeah, I think that was that's a big because right. I would I could take some information and spin it a million different ways. And and at the end of the day, I had to wait. I mean, I remember one time um, we had gotten some news that if this one scan was clear, then it would be no more chemo for mm-hmm. this period of time. So. What I do, and I had, in my mind, the utmost confidence that that was going to be the case. So, oh, and he was going to get his line out, get a port. So we're going to have a port party, you know. And so I do this whole thing, right? We have a cake. We have presents. We have this whole thing. So there, so later, there's a knock on the garage door. And I thought Jeff was bringing Ben home. And I run to the garage door, and there's just Jeff. And I was like, oh, no. And he goes, will you sit down? I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to get yelled at. And I do, I jumped the, I jumped the gun, you know, but I think right. it's a lesson because he did have to have another round of chemo. But again, I wasn't going to apologize for like shooting for the moon either, you know? And I just, I said, well, I just have to be honest with Ben now. And it was all fine. And he did get to celebrate something, of course. you know? So anyway, but I think you have to wait for the facts. Yes. And that was, I'm not good at that yeah. <laughs> sometimes, you no, know, exactly. so you ha- you're going to have to wait for the That's scan. Right. And I also know me and... I don't know if I said this already, but it takes everything in me to decide to go to a doctor mm-hmm. for, you know, I have high pain tolerance, my dance background, whatever. I don't know. And, and everything is me listening to my body. And I felt like something is off. So he may not know what that is. So I have to trust that I still might know what mm-hmm. something is. And even if it's not a big deal, something might be off. Um, I also found it to be interesting because the first thing out of his mouth was his personal story about his wife and colon yeah. cancer and all this. And, and I'm thinking, well, that was, I think that was, well, go ahead. I mean, no. just such I, a, um, I think it immediately instilled fear in you It could about have. something mm-hmm. else that could right. be wrong. And it I think what happened, I didn't let it. Yeah. Because right. I def and I've, I, I felt the weight of, um, so many people that would have been absolutely pro- fear provoked by mm-hmm. that. I, I took it a little bit differently, and I guess that's also why I wanted to maybe talk about this today. I sort of had this other feeling of, like, you are so stuck in the horror of that experience that you obviously had when she was young, early 40s. And I didn't ask him any more questions because that was not what we were supposed to be talking about. But it, 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 it charged you in such a way that now everything is through that lens. You know, here I'm a young, you know, 
woman or whatever that might remind you of something in some way. I don't know. And and you're going to now put that story into my we haven't even discussed this for one minute. Not one person has asked me anything about my, you know, colon experience, basically, including him. He just shared that with me. So it was I I I think that, you know, you have this expertise. We are dependent and we go through these experiences and I, I came out the other side glad that I'd gone, glad that I'd gotten the um, you know script or whatever will be coming, whatever it's called for the for the scan. We'll get to the bottom, like you said. We'll get facts. But in the meantime, what a bunch! I, it was a mess. Well, I think like it, what mm-hmm. you just said, you know, you and I, you know, have learned to kind of check our emotions like that and not get supercharged, like you said. But yeah, what about the people that can't? Oh my gosh! No, I could feel it on like up the behalf of so many. You know, yeah. um, like if you don't have that outlet to meditate or to, you know, process or release or whatever, all of those things that have to happen when you hear something traumatic like that. Yeah. I mean, because what, what I think happens is if you hear that. Yeah. It's almost like, you what's that saying? It. Art. Yeah, yeah. What life create? Yeah. I'm saying it backwards, but you know, like you could you manifest actually, it. Like, yes. Yeah. You could mm-hmm. manifest something that was not even there. Between that and an autopsy, I'm like, I walked out. I'm like, so I might have colon cancer and I might die and you'll find out later what it's all about. Like, honestly, I could have taken it all a hundred percent that way. Except for the little good omen in the beginning of my favorite receptionist saying, you're going to have a good well, long that was, life. <laughs> that was a gift. I mean, that, it was, that was like was so in, I felt it strongly when that happened. I'm like, what's, you know, I'm not around humans right now. We're in quarantine practically still. Um, but I, I felt it extra when I left. Like what a funny, I actually had written it down with what she had said because it was so funny to me that that had just happened. And that was so me. <laughs> And she doesn't know me and I'm never going to see her again right. or whatever. But it was just such a funny little, like, here I leave my house and do this. And she, that's the first thing I But you pay now. attention to that. I, I mean, do. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I think the universe is, mm-hmm. I call it the universe, but is always going to give you what you need. Exactly. Always. Something is always, and you needed to hear that mm-hmm. before you went Pre. in there. So that would, like, mm-hmm. override some of what he said. I know. Yeah. Gosh. I know. It was bizarro. So that's that. I don't know. Ooh, I know. To be continued. So tell, I know, keep you posted. Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I was also equally relieved that he didn't seem to think it, we had to talk about anything. So I was right. like, okay, well, I guess I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you just came back from New York. I did. Yay, um, tell yeah. me. Yeah, so I am. Um, city is different. Like if you, mm-hmm. you have not been this mm-hmm. year, right? No. It's yeah, different. No. I mean, you could say it's, it's gritty. You know, the trash is a problem. Um, (laughs) um, But it's still New York. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, when I um, moved up there part-time or whatever you want to call it, um, in July, it was that first trip up. I was like, oh, what is this going to be? And everyone's wearing a mask. And, but now it just seems very, it's commonplace. Um, And, you know, the essentials are open like here, you know, mm-hmm. there's no Broadway. There is no, yeah. that entertainment factor is gone or for now. Yeah. Um, but it's still, it's got the, New York. It's like New York has a heartbeat and it's on a, it's on a lower pulse. Yeah. Right now. Yes. Right. When you're out on the street and you can still feel it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would imagine that you can't really get rid of that. Uh Uh-uh. I mean, it's different when you're walking around. I mean, there's hope, like even on my street, you know, there's homeless on both sides of the street. Mm -hmm. Um, That I didn't, I didn't see five years ago like this. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, there's also, you know, part of me is just like, that's, this is, this is New York. Right. This is what it is, you know, and your, so your experience is a little different. Yeah. You know, might step over more trash, you know, than you used to walking down the street. But walking down the streets, you know, it, I was, um, I, I didn't plan on doing much and I didn't do a whole lot. But every day I went for a walk and I, there was this, there's this one little place I go to in the afternoon and it, it's about nine blocks away and it's just a perfect little walk and walk back maybe mm-hmm. the other way. And I'd been in the apartment all day and when I came out on the street, it's just a vibe you get. Yeah. And I was hit with this this guy. It was funny because I, I came out on the street and there was this I, a homeless person and he just happened to be walking down the street and and that and whatever rant was going through his head that made no sense when it actually came out. But it was loud, you know, almost frightening. And I walked out and there he was. And I was like, oh, hello. Mm-hmm. You know, it is. um, Yeah. You know, and, and off I, he goes. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I always, um, you know, had family that lived in the city for ever and ever and so I was up there a lot and um, I always thought that was so interesting because you are you're in that enclosed building even if the windows are open you can kind of hear the low hum Mm -hmm. of the you know traffic and the horns and the whole thing but you go outside and it is this whole yeah it is it is like you it is like you turned on some kind of speaker on high all of a sudden I don't even know I know exactly what you're talking about and I love to take a walk Mm -hmm. in the city even the same walk because you never see the same person yeah. Or sometimes you see the same yeah. person, but it's never at the same time. It's never in the same way. Right. And it's always, there's always a story, I feel like. Yes. You could always come home and go, oh my gosh, look at, yeah. you know, can't believe that happened. Or wait, know. you know, you just can't wait to tell somebody. I know. I know. Yeah. The concentration of humanity. Yeah. It's big. That's cool. I was watching the last hour, I guess, of Times Square last night looking very quiet. But the people that were hosting were, you know, totally feeling the same way. Like there's still something you can't, you can't change the excitement. The ball's still going to drop. Everyone's watching it differently this year. But mm-hmm. there's still this sort of a special energy that's only in New York. And I have I to think. agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. So, yeah, I went up there to do nothing. And I, <laughs> and, but I did do a lot of things. And partly because of, you know, it's, the, it's that city that you can just, it's so interesting because on the corner, there's the cleaner. And then I get coffee, like, literally 10 steps away. Mm-hmm. And everything's in a neighborhood, like, even within a block. And then I come home, even in New York, where I've only, I am three days a month, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, people know your name. They yeah. know what you want. The guy's like, he's so funny. I get two shots of espresso, and he says <laughs> it the same. He opens it up, and he holds out the cup and at me, and he's like, you want it like this? Just like this? And as uh-huh. he does, he says... And he just looks back down again, <laughs> like, little coffee, <laughs> any um, sugar or cream? No, <laughs> that's funny. But, and then I come home and I can go to the same grocery store I've gone to for eight years and they don't even know my name. Yeah. I know. It's really different. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's and then when I, it's always a weird feeling when you're gone and then you get back in your car when you haven't been in your car yes, for a while. And I'm is. just like, oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. It's like that extra step. But. Absolutely. And the weather was, I mean, the weather, it actually was beautiful. It, one day it was 38, one day it was 50, and I had, you know, just a puffer vest, a scarf, and awesome. you just get on the street and you, you mm-hmm. warm right up. Yeah, for sure. 
And you were there over um, Christmas? I did. It was. I flew in Christmas Day. I wanted to do that. I always try to do something a little different. The holidays aren't, you know, mm-hmm. my jam generally. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take a break. This has been the year of Wendy working. I mean, I've, <laughs> I'm in a lot of ways. So I was like, I think I just need a reset. And so I took like six days. And um, it was funny. I flew in Christmas Day, went to the apartment. And I was like, you know what? Not, nothing really was open. It was like the grocery sure. store way down the street. And um, I was on open table. And there's a restaurant I like, um, Italian place. And they, they were open. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to walk down there. Because I know they had, a, you know, heaters and a little yeah, section. With the thing. So um, I go, I walk down and made a reservation at two. And I walk in. And the guy said, can I help you? And I said, I have a reservation at two. So I sat down. The whole place is empty. And um, he comes over, and there was, of course, two. It was two top, mm-hmm. so both places were set. And um, he said, um, "Can I get you water?" And I said, "Sure." And he said, "Tap or um, sparkling?" I said, "I'll take sparkling." So he comes back with a big bottle of Pellegrino and two glasses with ice, <laughs> and then two other glasses that had been rimmed with um, oh boy lime and lemon. And he's pouring, and I, I said, "Oh my gosh!" He thinks I'm waiting sure. for someone. So I said, "You know," I said, "It's." going to be just one and he got so embarrassed you know and he started shuffling getting that stuff out of my way I said he goes are you having an okay holiday (laughs) and I started laughing I said I did I said I just flew in I'm happy to be here but it was just funny absolutely you know but only you know I just feel like it, it I don't feel as comfortable eating by myself here as I do there yeah I can see that you know it's almost it's just so normal there to do whatever, anything goes. Right? Anything. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It feels... It's uninhibited in a way. Uh-huh. Yeah. I could see that. It was funny, though. Or maybe the lesson is you can't eat alone here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can only imagine. Yeah. So it was... Well, like, I guess he probably felt extra strange maybe because it was the holiday. I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think any other day it would have been, it would have yeah. been different, but... Yeah, but I was. I was just happy to be there. Mm, that's awesome. I know. We were thinking about the, well, I was glad that you got to travel and safely, obviously. Um, but so many of us were having a staycation. Mm-hmm, I know. Mm-hmm, I know. We were talking, you and I were talking about the idea of quarantining. And I guess we're not in theory quarantining anymore. But I don't know. We're, we haven't done a whole lot outside of our house um except essential stuff really so and it's been months and months of doing that so um and we're okay with it but I know a lot of people are coming out of their skin and I remember you saying that you had there was something familiar to you about the feeling of being kind of in solitude you know I think when I when all this happened in March and you know all happened so quickly um and we were you know Virginia was shut down and I was very fortunate to have an essential business, you know, within walking sure. distance. And I could still go to work in our office. Each of us have a separate office. It was very safe, cleaning. So I went to work. I did not stay home and did go to work every day. So I know I have a little different experience. Um, but something about, like, just that word essential. Like, I, it took me back to that time, those three years with Ben, because we were almost in a quarantine you know, we mm-hmm. did do the essentials. I went to work. Um, 
we went to the hospital. We went to the grocery. Um, we saw our friends and families when it was safe. And we traveled. And when you do that for that period, that long of a time, it just becomes what you do. So when, when, this, when, everyone, when everything shut down, I didn't feel mm-hmm. like anything had been taken away from me. I, because I, that's, that's how I lived for so long. Yeah. So you could still go to the grocery and you could still eat and you could have food and you had electricity and you, you had, more importantly, all, everyone's still in your life. That's exactly right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we were always together during that period of time. So I didn't look at it as lack. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. And that's what I love about you. <laughs> I mean, and that's what I, that's what, you know, my, my dearest friends and family, we've all been kind of just looking at each other, including you, obviously, and, and saying, but we're still us. And, you know, fingers crossed, praying that we don't have to deal with anything with the actual virus, like doing our best to not mm-hmm. get it. But our, you know, our truth of our love for each other and our family and, and, and just being grateful for everything I already have, whether I can or can't go to dinner is still me. It's still me that that can't be taken away. It isn't changed. So I don't know somehow, but there's so many people that are freaking out or very angry about it. Like they, you know, I try to put myself in their positions where they just, you know, the minute we had to close for a little extra and you know mm-hmm. i mean people went ballistic that that i guess they're they felt like they were their rights were being taken away or something and i just, I just couldn't see it that I don't that way it. yeah i mean there was a period of time we i couldn't do the exercise i like to do like sure. we couldn't safely yeah. do that but now that's that things yeah. seem to be well, opening back up pivot. or we did it over um zoom mm-hmm. and yeah. um i don't know and i found that creativity was coming out in a way too, like I would, you know, there was some time. So I was like, you know, I'll just do a little painting. You know, I, you, I was drawn back to those, those, yeah. those, those really fundamental arts. Yeah. That. Right. That actually maybe feel more essential to us in some way. Right. than We've let ourselves believe. Yeah. I know. And then there, I guess there's just sort of, let's just say like the other view, the others that, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like they, Maybe they have such a hard time even imagining doing that. That's, in theory, nothing they would ever want to do or, you know, I don't even know. I, I don't I don't understand not opening yourself up to what's actually just happening and allowing yourself to be, it's it's okay. Not every day is okay. I mean, right. believe me, some I mean, days we're freaking out. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Right, because some days I would think to myself, wow, is it, like, it was almost like being in a movie. You're in a movie and watching it at the same time. Yes, yes. Happening. And you're like, is this real? Do I believe what, what's even being said? Are we being fed the right information? I mean, all that. And some yes. days I was okay with it and some days I wasn't. Exactly. And I, and I you know. And I then had, you just release it. You're, you it know, is. You, you do release it. If you can still move in the world and you can still be who you are, then right. what? We haven't lost. Nothing's different. No. And maybe there's shifts that are interesting and we can roll with it, you know. I, I, um, I kept thinking that if, if we had a end time or you know if we knew when I mean we're not going to but if we knew like an end date then you could work differently maybe but I don't think people would it's just like now like we don't know when we're not going to be here anymore so that's the whole point is you still supposed to live 
to your right. fullest every day. Tomorrow's not promised ever, not just because of COVID, because of ever. So if this woke you up to something, to maybe look at what's real or feels important, then then good, not not bad, good. Yeah, when I, you know when I look back at 2020, because today's here's yeah. day, <laughs> you can finally do that. Um, I mean, I think about the growth of some of the things I've been involved in. You know, the, the foundation has grown mm-hmm. this year in a yeah. way that I, I I hadn't expected. Sure. Um, the business has, gr- my business has grown. I have new people, new software. I mean, and I think, I, I think about that COVID time. Like, I needed to have that time to invest in these things, you know, to like really from a real deep level. Like, we had, it was like kind of like almost like turning the wheels turning the getting and moving it forward in a way that I had to devote and had COVID not been here I don't know if I would have sure you know really done that but I think doing that was so important because next year's gonna be very different I always I always I do feel like today is different like yeah I I feel like and I've said this over the last few months like things are moving fast but in a good way yes um and my my the way I take the pulse is through the foundation because mm-hmm. that is just kind of it has an energy of its own and the the people that come and go and move through this it's it I don't I never call it stressful but it's maybe time sensitive some of the things we're doing mm-hmm. but something about it it just goes and has a flow of its own and so if that can do it I think sure. everything else can right and so th- I always kind of sit back and go I just watch that happen and know that I can have that in, in any other aspect of my life Absolutely. if I want. You yeah. know, so it, it was, I don't know, ever since peace out <laughs> 2020, but some cool stuff happened too. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I can't count how many times I said, oh, silver lining, silver lining. I mean, I, I, there's so many things, but I mean, and obviously not to detract from the horror of the virus I'm not at all doing that but the there, there's so many things that have brought us I think closer to um to maybe our truths and mm-hmm. what your goals were for the foundation or what your goals are personally or or any anything just even our family times feels a little different and well that's what I hear mm-hmm. like from mm-hmm. you know I get it because I sit in a little bit of a catbird seat um at work I do hear a lot of different perspectives from a lot of different people and generally the conversation around COVID interestingly enough isn't as much business as it is personal people mm-hmm. are telling me how how they're managing through mm-hmm. it and it a lot of times goes back to their families and they are telling me they're reconnected yeah with their families and they have enjoyed that time at home I mean be it in the closet if that's where you had to take the zoom meeting or yeah, whatever sure. um right I know. I when we first started zooming, I, I found it. I found it very um, unnerving because I needed everything to be a certain way, and it, I wanted it to be, you know, without error, and nobody should be talking, and everyone be quiet, and everything else. And then I realized, from of course watching one or two meetings, that nobody is in that situation, and everybody's mm-hmm. sitting in their closet or you know dealing with the dog coming in, and I mean it. It was universal, so that wonderful level of like we can all forgive all of this god i yes. pray and hope carries into when we're not just zooming anymore that these little office meetings and big board rooms and all of that can just everybody just relax a little bit yes it yeah. doesn't have to be yeah. like yeah yeah i think that's one of the biggest takeaways i 
pray that that continues. I really do. And it was interesting for me to watch in a way like when, you you know, having to to go through so much trauma and be shaken the way I did, you Mm -hmm. know, with Ben's passing. And it was kind of so to watch because I always felt like I was on a different different um, wavelength, you know, after that trauma. Mm -hmm. Like you just don't see things the same way. But then when the whole world, not just our country, the whole world goes through something that shakes them like that. It was, you know, I felt more connected to people in a way because we were all going through. I didn't feel like alone and witnessing or having to recalibrate or what all these things that we were, all these emotions and things that we were having to work through. Everyone was doing it. That's right. Yeah. Like um, a wonderful, sweet friend shared that, you know, um, we all live under the same sky, you know, and I feel Mm -hmm. like that's now more than ever something we, um, we should live by really Mm -hmm. just to remember it. It's always the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's good stuff. I know. Well, happy new year. You too. We'll (laughs) see what it brings.